0: Hey, everybody, I'm Sam Bauer with the Wherever You Go podcast. I'm the moderator and host of this podcast. And I am so excited today because my friend um, Tori Branham is here with me today. And um, Tori has a pretty awesome story um, that I think is going to touch a lot of you. And she has a really cool business. She um owns a business called Middle Georgia Female Firearms Training in Middle Georgia. So Georgia's where she's from. It's where she lives, but she does train women all over the country in firearms um, safety and comfort and just like, teaching awareness and self-defense and it's just I've been in two of her classes so far I'm doing another one in March because I love it so much and um, it's helping me feel more comfortable with the idea of defending myself if the situation arises that I need to um, as well as helping me learn how to use my weapon in a safe way that I can actually um, feel comfortable with so Tori I I just am so grateful that you're here and I'm so grateful for what you do um, and I'm excited that you're willing to share kind of how God's worked on you over your life to get you to this point. So I'm just gonna, if you just wanna introduce yourself and then just kind of start from wherever you're comfortable starting and share with us your, what your journey has been like and how God's pressed on you in different times over your journey.
1: Okay, um, I'm Tori Branham. I own Middle Georgia Female Firearms Training. I am a, a female Marine veteran and I was actually a marksmanship instructor in the Marine Corps. So I have trained upwards of 6,000 women now since 2018. So awesome! Um, but I do share how I got started because I know that everything I've been through in my life, God has lined it up to this one point. And when you go through those hard times, you don't realize that sometimes, you know, you don't realize that God's actually molding you into who he wants you to be. And you have to learn from those experiences. So, um, when I, so I got out of the Marine Corps, I had children. Um, I got my degree in psychology. I started working as a therapist and, um, there was a time in 2016 for about two weeks. Um, I, I'm very busy. My, my daughters are busy. My daughters cheer. I don't have cable in my house. I don't have time to watch TV, but, <laughs> Um, and you have quite a few daughters, right? I have seven daughters. Seven so, yes. Yeah. <laughs> one is actually active duty navy right now. So yeah, they're getting older. Um crazy. So anyway, for two weeks straight when I would turn on the news, it would be midnight, it was a recap of the news and it was always something about a woman victim. And this guy like he had killed his kids, killed his wife, killed himself. Um, another guy had cut his fiance's baby out of her stomach. And there was just, it was just like, I felt like God was sending me a message. Why is it the same thing every time I turn on the TV? And I never thought that I could use my Marine Corps background, my psychology degree, um, my past experiences in the same capacity. Um, but that night I decided to run a small yard sale ad um, in Macon, Georgia, and offer handgun training to women. And my phone blew up. I had a hundred messages right away, and I was like, "Oh God! Like your plan's bigger than mine. This is way too much." So I <laughs> Always, it right? That's yes. So, cool. so I took it down, and I had started training some nurses, some teachers after after I would get off work in the afternoons. And um, January two thousand, so March of two thousand eighteen, a lady called me, and. She said that her mom lived next door to an elderly couple that were murdered. These kids broke in, shot them in the head, and sold their car. And she's like, Will you teach my mom how to use her 40 year old revolver that was passed down? She doesn't want to learn on anything else. Um, she's scared to be home alone. And so, yeah, I trained her and I loved it. And I was kind of burned out from doing therapy, had compassion fatigue. Um, all I could think about was how can I reach more women? Because I really feel like that was the direction God was leading me in. And all these people started reaching out to me, these landowners, like you can train women on our land. It made me realize I can reach a lot of women. And I left my job in therapy, August, 2018. And I, it's just been a huge ministry for me. And now I realize, like God has lined everything. I've like my, I've had, I had trauma in my childhood. I had some trauma in the Marine Corps. I had um, a traumatic marriage. And so I realized that God had lined everything up to this perfect point. Everything I had been through, everything I had learned, God was designing that to put me right where I am. And it is such a good place to be in knowing that God has, you know, I'm finally where he wants me to be. No doubt doing his work, helping women. Um, You know, I get a lot of women with temporary protective orders, victims of abuse, Um, women with trauma. I had a lady whose mom was shot in the back of the head by a gang member when she was three and she was scared to pull the trigger on the gun because of the trauma. And I realized without my therapy background and my own background, that I wouldn't have been able to help them in the capacity that I do. So my class is a lot more than just pulling a trigger on a gun. It is the psychology behind it. It's the widow that lives at home feeling empowered, the woman who is has an estranged husband who won't leave her alone, and she's afraid he could come into her home at any time and take her life, and it happens every day. So yeah. it's so much more than just operating a gun.
0: Yeah, and I think about you watching the news, and instead of a lot of people will turn it off, right, because they don't want to hear it, or a lot of people will just live in fear, and here you are, like, all right, I've got the training, I've got the abilities and the skills to do this, like God's already done this. So I'm not going to sit here and let other women become a victim. I'm going to teach them how to do these things. And to me, that's like such a, and, and thank you for your military service, but that's such the heart of a servant that's willing to like step into something that like, I mean, who, who would think that like, the trials that God had put you through and your time in the military and your, your time doing those things that would come to like, I mean, you've probably saved women's lives and you don't even know it. Like, I know for me, I, I've never been in a situation, honestly, where I've ever been afraid. I've never been, I've been kind of in a bubble. Um, you know, I grow up in the Pennsylvania suburbs <laughs> on a farm and um, I, I have never been in that situation until when, and I still haven't, but until I had children, I never had the desire to think that like, I need to carry a weapon. Um, because in my mama brain, something, somebody tries to do something to my kids. I want to make sure I can defend them. But also like now I'm not that I'm more valuable because I'm a mom, but like, I feel like if something were to happen to me now, or if somebody were to do something to me now, um, I just want to be able to defend myself to to preserve you know my life and my kids lives um and show them that like we don't cower in fear you know we have a god given right to defend ourselves and he doesn't want us to back down yeah we turn the cheek and yeah we do you know we love our enemies but if somebody's threatening our life there's a time where we're supposed to Defend ourselves. So, can can you just talk a little bit about fear and like how, I mean, because to me, you are like, excuse my language, but you are such a badass. Like, I just, I would love to have that, like, that. Well, you
1: know, that is the elephant in the room. Um, I'm a Christian, born again, saved, baptized, love the Lord, have my personal relationship with Him. Um, I'm not religious, but I definitely know where I'm going. And I feel like it's more about my internal relationship with God. But people are confused. I had a lady tell me one day. She said, "Well, I pray, and that's all I need is the Lord." And I'm like, "The Lord gives people tools, earthly tools, just like doctors are tools in the make. Um, Jesus uh, doctors are tools in the Maker's hands. Um, things that they create, science, things like that. God gave people special brains to do that." And so I told the lady, I said, "Well, a person with a peanut allergy doesn't want to carry an EpiPen, but they have it in case they need it." And the same yeah. with a gun. A gun is a tool in your toolbox. You have it in case you need it. You're not buying it with intent to kill, but you want to preserve your life. You're made in the image of God. Why would you not want to save yourself from someone who Satan is controlling? Who, we, one thing that separates us from the love of Christ is free will. And with that, we, we are subject to the evil in the world and the bad decisions and mistakes of people around us as well. Just like the guy that drives drunk in his truck or a woman and hits the family and kills the family of five people. His free will caused a tragedy. So because of the evil in the world, because we don't, we are not, our battle is not against powers and principalities and presidents. It is against evil and darkness and Satan. And we have to be able to take up arms against that. And even the Bible talks about taking up arms. Um, maybe guns weren't created when the Bible was written, but they used rocks and slingshots and yep. and weapons. And we have a right to create, I mean, to protect the body and the life that God gave us and our families. And um, it is our God-given right. Um, and our country was founded on God. And our Second Amendment was created to protect us against our own government. And
0: yep. so... All the way to back a to strongest the constitution. constitution, which I know is in yes. question in many, many places right now in our society. But like, our Constitution was built around Christian principles and the right to defend ourselves and the, 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 the bare arms. arms. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> Without, yeah, getting, you know, so that, so you so problem.
1: a lot of I don't I feel like there are Christians that question. Carrying a gun, maybe they don't feel like they're using their faith in God if they're protecting themselves. But like I said, it has nothing to do with that. It's um, God gives us tools. Yeah,
0: yeah, I'm I I agree with you, and I think that and too I think that people can use any excuse not to carry if they're not comfortable carrying. They shouldn't, right? So like and I think God makes people like you um, and people even like me who I, I'm not comfortable yet. someday I will be. I think. I think after this next class, I'll be comfortable to to start carrying. But um, I think that he creates us because there are people that aren't going to be comfortable doing that, right? And so we need to help protect them. And um, I think that's something that is as a misconception in the world too. Is you know if if I know if you're in line with me at Giant Eagle or you know what Giant Eagle is because you've been up here enough times now. I do know now, yes. Store, store. <laughs> and you're in line with me and a gunman comes in. I know damn well you're going to take care of the situation and I'm going to be safe because I'm not comfortable carrying my weapon yet. But I'm grateful for no- the knowledge that there are people around me who are trained and skilled and and have that and are willing to to fight that fight. And it's, it's no surprise that, you know, you were in the military, so you, you not only do that in, in society as a, as a citizen, um, but you do it, you, you did it on the front lines you know. with, and I, I know, I thought one of the interesting things too that you shared is that you were one of the few women that ever got as close as you got to the battlefield in the time that you were in the Marines um, yes. My
1: job um, was a radio operator initially before I was a PMI and that job specifically before we had a lioness program, the women in my job, um, they were, it was closest to the front lines that women could get to combat. Now I will be clear. I have, I didn't go to combat myself, but I um, trained or I battle site zeroed weapons for Marines on the range before they went down range. So they would come in and I would prep them to go to combat. Um, okay. But, but at the time, my original job as a radio operator, um, the women that went in, that was the closest that they got yeah. to combat. So my unit actually deployed a week after I went to, I transferred to Japan. I was really upset because I trained with my people. I trained with my Marines. I wanted to be with them. They went to Iraq. I didn't get to go because I had just left and and um I hated that because you train for it. You want to do it, you know. You don't want to just be cleaning your gun every day. You want to do your job. So it did disappoint me that I didn't get to go, but I feel like um all the Marines on the range helping them with their M16s and get their weapons ready. I know I've saved lives so they didn't have to mess with it when they got downrange. And um, you know, I had some people right out of boot camp that were they just they weren't great shots. They didn't really know a whole lot and I had to fix them and and they were going to combat. So I'm hoping that, you know, they made it through. Yeah. Um, but like you're talking about, um, you know, I, my mom has never to this day shot a gun. Um, I didn't grow up in the house with guns. Um, they were always scary to me. Nothing good ever happened with them. My aunt killed herself in 1994. She was active duty army. She shot herself in the head. Um, so I never had a good experience with guns, but the thing is, um, you know, I don't feel like I'm not a proponent of open carry. And this is, you're going to see where I'm going with this because now with active shooter situations and all the bad things in the world, it's people that aren't used to people that do have a bad um, image of what a gun, some people just have a really bad impression of them. Um, When you walk up in a place with your gun showing, it's intimidating because they don't have experience and it's scary. So I'm not a proponent of open carry. I like to, I like the element of surprise and um, because it's not our job as gun owners to instill fear in people like, Oh, I'm right. a bad I'm a bad boy. I got a gun. You know, I don't need everybody to know
0: that because, right.
1: because there is a heightened sense of fear in people that aren't educated on them. But once people hold them in their hands and they use them, they understand that it's very powerful, but it's not scary. And yeah. um, So I don't feel like it's our job to we we still need to make people around us comfortable as gun owners and I want them to know I have your back. I'll keep you safe until you're ready, because it's not for everyone. My mom is she's on the fence. She wants to learn. She's very frightened of guns. And I feel like we need to be respectful of people around us and, and understand that you don't know what they've been through in their life or what they've heard or what they've seen. And that's a lot of that fear is just the fear of the unknown, because it's not something they have experience with. Yeah, it's not necessarily hating guns. It's um, lack of knowledge.
0: Yep. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm not always comfortable. Um, I haven't always been comfortable with handguns. I grew up on a farm, my whole family hunts, you know, I was shooting um, shotguns. And like, I remember like this old muzzle muzzleloader that you had to like put the gun in and like put the thing and like shoot it and it knocked me over. Um, So I've, I'm comfortable around hunting guns, long guns. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd never really been comfortable around handguns um, until probably, and I still, um, in all honesty, I'm not hundred percent comfortable around them. Even the thought of like, you know, I, I do own one and I'm practicing with it and I'm becoming much more, much more comfortable just from taking some classes and getting out there and practicing and shooting it. But just like you said, like I remember the first time I shot it being terrified, like, Oh my gosh, like th- there's so much power in this. And like, you could really kill somebody with it. Um, but then comes that back, part, you know, the knowledge and the stories and the making sure that, you know, like, I have this and I hope that I never, ever use it. Um, but if I do need to, it's a tool in my toolbox, you know, that's, that I, I skilled and I know how to use and I know how to make it not go off and I know how to make it go off and, um, you know, y- you never pull it out unless you know that somebody is trying to kill you, or you know, it hurt you in a really really bad mm-hmm. way. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's taken me. Like, I remember, I remember even with my husband being like, "No, do you have to bring it everywhere?" Because <laughs> he he's always carried. Um, and he was like, "Well, Sam, if we're out and somebody, if there's an active shooter situation or something like that." do you think they're going to let me run back to the car and get my gun? <laughs> so I can't exactly. Exactly. care. Exactly. Like, yeah, that's a good point. Um, but I have always really been sensitive to like, even the fact that I'm like speaking openly about this on my podcast for me is not the most comfortable thing. Because I know there's a lot of people out there who aren't comfortable with this topic um, and are very adamantly against guns. Um, and so I want to be sensitive to that. And, um, know that like, I understand that, um, but I also understand the need for good guys to have weapons. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, and you know, women aren't killers by nature. We're just not, we're not hunters. We're not killers. I believe God gave us a really good instinct better than men because we're not as physically strong. Yeah. But I do believe that most women, and I believe most, if not all (laughs) that carry that practice, Um, We're not going to use our gun unless we're in fear of our life. We're not just going to pull out a gun and shoot at a human being unless we're in fear of our life. And I've heard women say, well, I just don't know if I could pull the gun on, if I could pull the trigger and shoot someone. And I'm like, if a bear or a coyote or a rabbit animal was coming at you, you would kill them. And here's the thing. An evil person is an evil person. And if you don't take them out, you're, I'm going home to my family. I'm going to stay alive for my kids. Right. And if you don't take them out,
0: you will never be their last victim. Right. Unfortunately. So, um, so you're not only saving your own life, but you're saving the next victim. Yes.
1: It's, yes. Because most people are repeat offenders.
0: And so what was your stat? You shared a stat with us the last, um, class that I attended that like with the statistic of how many women are murders first men, it was like two percent. of women
1: women are violent
0: killers. 98% of criminals are men.
1: Um, I did read that in a book called The Gift of Fear. And then 62% of homicides are romantic partner violence. So 62% of murders committed are against a romantic partner, a spouse. Um, It's crazy. Yeah. So you never know, like, are you even safe laying next to this person in bed? You really have to tune into your instincts and your gut and really get to know people and not overlook those red flags. Um, if your gut's telling you, it means your brain is telling you cause they're linked. And, um, it's just the main, thing, yesterday. I t- the main thing <laughs> that's going to save your life is listening to your gut instinct and yeah. staying 10 steps ahead of the bad guy and never having to pull your gun out. That's the whole goal.
0: Um, and, and I like to like you share about not depending on your partner to be your defender, right? So like my whole marriage so far, my husband has been the one that carries, he's been the one that, you know, what if he's not with me? Or at the end of the day, what if he's not that he is. My husband is wonderful and amazing, but in your situation yeah. of 64 of partners, who's gonna defend me then? Um and yeah. so sorry you I interrupted can't, can't, you there, but you no, it's fine. I was trying, you
1: can't not, you cannot depend on your daddy, your brother, your son. Um there was a lady whose husband was deployed to Afghanistan and a guy was coming in her window and she called him to ask him what to do. You know, when I call 911 I tell everybody this. I'm going to tell you there's a shortage of law enforcement right now. Um they are undermanned. They have to prioritize their 911 calls. So if you're in a big city where there's only 8 people on patrol and there's a homicide call, they're going to go to that, okay? Um if your priority is you're broke down on the side of the road and can't get a hold of anyone, you may wait an hour and a half on the side of the dark highway before someone gets to you. And if you have no protection, that's a scary situation. So yeah. I tell everyone when I when I call nine one one, I'm calling for backup. I'm saying, go on and bring the corner, bring the investigator, because I'm not going to wait for someone to come and save my life. We're we're in an age where our own nine one one, they just yeah. can't get to you fast enough, even in Georgia. I don't know what Pennsylvania is, but Georgia's a nine to 29 minute response time. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I don't honestly like where we are in the more rural area. I know this um Mm -hmm. friend of mine who actually is a he owns a nonprofit that trains police in defensive tactics Mm -hmm. and has shared with us like that because we're rural, the townships share police officers. So like, because there's not enough to your point. So it could be, you know, a half an hour response time. And to your point, like you can't wait on that. And if your husband's not home or the guy that has protected you and I, I you would be so proud of me because I went to the range last a couple of weeks ago. And in the morning I was like, I've got to load my magazines before I head out. And my husband is like, do you want me to load them for you? And I was like, no, I do not want you to load them for me because I have to learn to do this by myself. And that to me, the hardest part of shooting my freaking gun is loading my magazine. Uh, it is. You need to get you a good speed I like, loader. Yeah, I was get, so, get a hilljack so speed loader. They're really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do probably need to get one of those, but I did it by myself, shoved them all good. in. And um, I was just like, it was one of those moments where I was like, I did it on my own, you know, it's the first time that I haven't had to have him help me with that. And if I like, because I, I do, I want to be independent because he's not always going to be with me and he might not always be around. And, um, you've been a single mother for a long time. So maybe you can share a little bit about those experiences. But like, if that day comes for me, um, because something happens to my husband, I, I want to be able to defend my kids and I want my kids to know what to do in a situation. And maybe you can share a little bit about that too. Cause I learned so much from you just about like, if somebody's breaking into the house, what do you do? Where do your kids? Well, go? I
1: have a safety plan with my kids and we sleep with our doors locked and my daughter knows if she hears anything not to come out at night. Um, but she's also trained with a handgun and it makes her feel confident. Like when I'm not here, cause I do travel. Cause I do have to work late sometimes she's 15. She'll be 16 in May. Um, there's one time she went and got that because we have a gun that we use for specifically for home defense. There's others, but this particular handgun she has gotten it and taken it to her room and put it on her dresser. So when she, you know, she would have it readily available if anyone were to come in the house and she's confident and she knows you only get one life. Cause this is the thing with young people, they, their brains aren't fully developed and they think it's never going to happen to them. And that's yeah. why, People go to college and get wild because they just never think. And then the next thing you know, you've got the date rape drug or the bad Uber ride. And, you know, I've let them know from a young age, when your life is gone, your life is gone. You get one. And then hopefully you'll be with Jesus after that. (laughs) But she knows it's, it's my life or theirs. And you just have to let them know, like you, young people don't realize the permanency of death. They don't realize that they're never coming back. And so they have to be safe. They have to be aware. They have to be aware of their surroundings and use their instincts. We need to be teaching our girls that, our boys that, from a very young age. Um, Even boundaries with distant family, with close family members, grandpas, uncles, whoever. What are boundaries? There's so many things that go into teaching and that's a whole other topic besides I know, as
0: you're saying that, I'm thinking, yeah, and we need to teach them like what our body parts are really called and like all those things. But like, that's another Mm -hmm. podcast. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, that's, I could go down that road for two hours. (laughs) I'm sure, I'm sure. Well, and you've seen, I mean, you've seen on the front lines, like you've seen lose their lives. and So, you know, the impact of what can happen. And um, I think it's awesome that you're teaching your girls to grow up to defend themselves and stick up for themselves and, and know the right times to do it. And um, you know, when not to, and that's another thing that Tori teaches in our classes is like, you don't, you don't pull your gun out unless you're ready to kill somebody. Like you don't pull it out and you never shoot at somebody's back, like all these things. If you don't shoot at somebody's back, you know, there's just a whole bunch of things, but could you just on the, topic of kids because I know a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are moms and dads um if somebody breaks into my house and I go to get my gun and get into the center of my house where I'm supposed to be I know that because of you um what what are um, what am I training my kids to do and those well are-
1: for one um okay. I will stay in our rooms because having the door locked is a barrier. So I have time to get my gun ready. I have time to call nine one one. Now, the only time I would say go into the center of the house is if somebody's trying to get dead. Then you can see the doors and windows. Okay, uh, and that's what I was thinking of—is like
0: somebody's trying yes. to. Open.
1: Well, I've told her stay in your room and call nine one one if you hear me about to take someone out. You don't want to come out investigating. And I like the idea of just staying in a room, and then when they break through your door, then it's game on. Yeah. immediately blast them back out the door but um if they're not in the house definitely be able to go to the center of your house where you can see your doors and windows and um just having a plan like that having a safety plan for your kids you know hey go to your safe space if you're sitting here eating dinner and someone's banging on your door trying to get in go to your safe space and they'll go to their safe space. Kids love to have a plan. And then all you got to do is you're going to handle business. I feel like it kind of goes from like, so I think if the husband's home and he's capable and then it would be me if I, and then I'm the next, it's hard. Cause you know, I'm engaged and John and I are both Marines. We don't even sit with our back to um, in the room in a restaurant. So we'll both sit on the same side of the, the booth so we can see. So it's yes. different, but Say I were with someone who wasn't a Marine, didn't carry, I would be the first line of defense in the house. (laughs) And then it would be him or whoever you want to look at like your level of experience. I would, I would think if John's home, he's protecting us. And then I've got his back. And then my daughter's next. Like you kind of have to have that little food chain going on. Everybody kind of has to have a role. And I would think that if my 15 year old was babysitting my four-year-old and someone came in, I would expect my 15 year old to be able to protect her. Everybody in the house has a role they need to play. Like, what is my place um, if something like that happens?
0: Yeah, and did you recommend like their safe place being their room with the door locked? Like, hey, if something happens and somebody's coming in, get to your room as soon as you yes. get the door locked yeah. and uh, yes. and know yeah. where my phone is so you can call nine one one. Yep, and even if you don't
1: have, here's the thing: you can instead of those old cell phones, instead of recycling them or getting rid of them, um, you can dial nine one one on a cell phone without actually having service. So you can leave an old cell phone charged up. In a drawer, or in like, say you have a five-year-old, and that doesn't carry a cell phone, put it somewhere where they know how to get it, and teach them how to call nine one one because you yeah. don't have to have phone service. Yeah, that's that's I didn't know that. That's a great. And that's tip. important because a lot of people do not have landline phones
0: these yes. days. Yeah. The other tip I love that you shared that was eye opening for me was like to, if somebody does break into your house or somebody's coming in or they're already in your house, don't. Hide in the closet. Um, yeah. Yeah. You don't want to bury yourself into an area that you can't get out
1: of. Because let me tell you, if you're in your closet with your gun calling 911 and three men were to break into your house and find you in that space, you're going to be dead. They're going to probably rape you and beat you and kill you because unless you're close quarters combat trained, you're not getting out of that small space. So don't ever back yourself into a place that you can't get out of.
0: Right. Because then you're into your your gun becomes a weapon for them to take off of you and shoot you with or beat you over the head with or whatever. Yeah, Yep. Yeah. You have got to always have a plan.
1: It's better to have a plan and not need it than need it and not have it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think any plan's
1: better than no plan. So even if you think your plan's not the best one in the world, it's better to have one than not have one at all.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it really made me think after the first class I had with you. Cause initially I was like, what do I do? Do I get my, my initial thing was like, get my kids and like hide in the closet. And now I'm like, no, get your gun and get like, get in the middle of the house um, or get in the middle of your room so that when they buck, you know if they do kick down your door, you're ready. Um, so just like, you know, ladies, if you're listening start thinking about these things that Tori's talking about and how you can defend yourself. Even if you don't carry, you don't have to have a gun. You can just be still smart. Um, and grab something in your house that's sharp or heavy or a bat or a piece of sports equipment, whatever it is. Um, but golf clubs, sure. <laughs> golf clubs, yeah. Make sure you know your exits. Make yeah. sure you, you know, can can see a good way for your escape. You know, make sure your kids know how to dial nine one one. I love the keeping them in the room with the door locked. That's actually from an insurance. Perspective safe too because um, fires won't go into closed doors as fast. Um, if the doors open, a fire will go right into that room and, and burn it up. So um, sleeping with your door closed is safe for many reasons. Um, yeah, but um, but yeah, I just think, man, I being, you know, me, you know, white girl from the suburbs of Pennsylvania, I haven't, I don't have a lot of street experience and street smarts and I've never really had anybody who's talked to me the way you've spoken um, at your classes and kind of just really opened my eyes not only to protect my family and my own home which I think is the most important but also like walking through a parking lot you know my head is on a swivel now and we're I play games with my kids at when we're in the checkout line now of the store Mm -hmm. I'm at my phone I'm asking my kids how many people are in line behind us Look me in the eyes and tell me what color the shirt is of the guy in front of me. Tell me what what aisle we're in, because I want them to start practicing the awareness that you're preaching, right? So that if something does happen, if something happens to mommy, if something happens to them, they can say there was a guy with a red shirt in front of us, and um, you know, this is what he was doing, or the guy that was at the cashier, his name was Jeff, or like whatever.
1: <laughs> and it gets them used to paying attention to their surroundings because that's gonna be a lifelong thing and training them young is important. Um, my daughter, when she first started driving was over at a friend's house and, um, their little sister, was son was going down. So she said, Hey, let's ride over and pick your little sister up. Well, she was, um, adjacent to a middle school at the stop sign. And this guy stopped his car and got out and approached the vehicle. And she's like, I just kept driving, but she's like, had it been, if you had never talked to me about the things you talked to me about, she said, because he's an adult, I probably would have gotten out. So you have to talk about um, boundaries and, and things like that. Every day, it needs to be discussion. Every time the kids leave the house, you need to be like, okay, blah, blah, blah.
0: Yeah, I know, man, I think like, at first, mine starts to think I'm crazy, because I'm like telling them, at the gas station, especially too. Like when we leave the gas station, I'll ask them how many cars were at the pumps? How were there people in the cars? You know, what colors were the cars just to get them? Now it's a game. Um, and they think it's fun. And now when we leave places, they'll be like, all right, mom, we're ready for the questions. Um,
1: that's a very good idea. I love that idea. And that might be something I try to add into my classes now is get your kids on board with let's play like a when we get in the car, I'm going to question you and see if you could answer the question. That's a great idea. I love we're that. We're at
0: restaurants. Um, restaurants is the same. Like you guys, you said you guys sit facing the doors. So when we yeah. go to our booth, we'll ask them like, how many people are the table behind us? How many people are over there? What color shirt? You know, just little, just to try and, um, to pay attention Um, because that's something we're so busy, right? Like we're Emails are going off, our phones going off, we got notifications on our phones, and we, it's so easy to get distracted, Mm -hmm. living your life, and you don't notice anything that's going on around us, and the next thing you know, there's some creepy guy in your freaking car with you, (laughs) you don't even, you know. (laughs) Yeah.
1: you never can get your, let your guard down, and we're in a day and age now, it's probably the worst time in the history of the world, to be honest, we are just, people have lost their minds, the pandemic did not help.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you're seeing it, you know, and, and whether what we see, I, I don't know, I don't, I'm not a news watcher. I will admit that. Um, but everything's so skewed, right? So it's, it's uh, a matter of being present in the real life that you're living, looking around, talking to the people um, so that you, you don't miss things. Um, yeah, definitely be in the present in the
1: moment where you're at because, um, a lot of people get stuck in the social media world, the Facebook world, what's going on in Facebook. It's become literally a reality and it's not, it's a computer screen or a phone screen. It's, um, the worldwide web and uh, people just need to learn to be still and be present where they're at.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of good, there's a lot of good guys out there. Um, and I'm definitely grateful for you, Tori, and just, for sharing your story and your journey with us and um, how God's called you to really, not just change lives, but save lives. Um, I mean, I just, you're a hero in every sense of the word um, from your male experience. It it takes a lot of courage to step out into something that's controversial um, by, by hand and do the right thing and teach people the right truth And I'm just so like grateful for you for doing that and just being a woman of faith. And, and when God tells you to step into it, you've stepped into it. And, um, I just, it's, it's made me more bold to, you know, share some of the things that I think are right. And so in a way that's not challenging, it's not, you know, you're not pushing it on people or anything like that, but you're educating them, you're giving them confidence, you're helping them be, you know, more confident women of Christ who can also, you know, do their work and defend themselves and protect their family. And so I just, I think you're amazing. I'm so grateful for you. I'm grateful for you being on this podcast. And thank you. I'm excited to
1: teach your class again. I'm excited that you're coming to the next class. This will be your third one. Um, yes. I can't wait to come back to Pennsylvania. It's been awesome. Really good. Yeah, and I response figured out and
0: something too, that I'm excited. I'm, I'm more excited for this one. Cause I figured out why my, I was having some issues. <laughs> it was my grip. I wasn't you know, I'm tight enough.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it takes yeah. practice. Muscle memory is key. It's like riding a bike. You got to do it over and over and over. And, you know, I discovered something on the range yesterday that I thought was pretty significant. I, um, I've always shot right eye or both eyes. And so I noticed that my grouping it'd be in the bullseye to be like grouped up low left. So yesterday I was like, "Well, let me switch to my left eye, which I've never done, and everything was dead center." I was like, "So this whole time, mm-hmm. yeah, I was shooting expert, but it's even better with my left eye." And I just figured that out yesterday. I was
0: so excited. That's so even you're me- like So can you tell what expert is? Like what does that mean?
1: Um, so in well based on Marine Corps we have three levels of marksmanship we have marksman sharpshooter and expert and it's based on score and um most of the time I would say if you're shooting um within like a pie plate without your rounds missing I would say like that you're pretty much i um, um, being able to proficiently um point shoot and um And probably within an eight inch pie plate, then I would consider you an expert shooter, but also being able to do it, you know, quickly and not having to sit and think about it for 10 minutes. Um, Yeah, that's me. But anyway, like I said, (laughs) mine is just from scoring from the Marine Corps range. I was a fifth award expert with my rifle, Um, but now I'd probably be an expert with my handgun because we didn't have, not every Marine carries um, a sidearm like military police officers, people like that do. But, and I did learn it in PMI school and I did work on the pistol range a few times, but, um, it's something that you've got to practice because there's a huge difference in rifle and handgun. Um, and I've had guys that hunt their whole life and then they'll come to me to learn how to shoot a handgun because it's just totally different. And, um, yeah, so
0: always something to be learned. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, thank you. So I could talk to you forever. Um, but we will, we will end the podcast today and Tori, thanks again so much. I appreciate you. Um, guys, if you like this episode, definitely share it, um, share it with any, if, if, if you're a guy listening to this, which I know there are a few men listen, um, share this with women in your life that, you know, you think you'd learn from these tips and, um, be on the lookout for Tori's. Um, how can they find you? Facebook is the best way it's middle Georgia female firearms training on Facebook.
1: Um, I have my reviews are on there, photos. I put, po- I keep a post uh, up-to-date things. I sometimes post scenarios to get kind of people thinking, like discussing, like, what would we do in this situation? I try to keep it interactive. And then my website is www.mgffast.com. And, um, There's some stuff on there. I have some news interviews and things that are posted on
0: there. Okay, cool. So I'll post those links too at the bottom of the um, podcast notes. Um, But definitely, I I love following you on social media too. And it does, it keeps it like like in your face because it's one of those things, like I said, you get distracted and you forget about it, but then you see one of Tori's videos or one of her posts and you're like, oh man, I need to think about that. Um, so definitely, like I said, share, comment, feedback. I'm sure I'm gonna get all kinds of feedback um on this episode um because I think that it's important and I think it's a topic that we don't talk about a lot. Um, because like I said, not everybody's comfortable stepping out um to speak about this type of of thing. Well, this will
1: be something I can share on my Facebook as well?
0: Yes, yeah, I'll have I'll be that. Able to share I'll it for you to share. It. Yeah. So so it'll be it'll be awesome. So we will end today with Joshua one nine. Um, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go.